Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you hear this powerful sermon, I want to encourage you to do two things. If this message blesses your life, take a moment uh, to send it to someone else. Perhaps it's a coworker, a friend, a family member. And the second thing is, the Bible teaches us it is better to give than to receive. And this Christmas season, we have an opportunity to give back to our city and to love our city in a very tangible way. In fact, with that in mind, take a look at this powerful video. My friend is so much fun. He's always got a smile on his face. He's one of the hardest workers I know, that's right. This friend has a dad joke for every occasion. My friend is the best cook I know. She always gives the best advice. One time, she made me laugh so hard that I couldn't barely breathe. My friend is a dad. A mom. A daughter. The friend is my next door neighbor. She's the mom next to me in the pickup line. He's the guy I ride the metro with every morning. My friend is in desperate need. Desperate need. Desperate need. In fact, he's fighting a battle. A battle that you may never see. Tonight, my friend won't be able to put food on the table. She'll worry that her children will go to bed hungry. He'll spend the night in the emergency room because he can't afford to see a dentist. In Miami-Dade County, 19.8% of people live in poverty, way higher than the national average. 500,000 people have no realistic access to health insurance. And 700,000 people are experiencing food insecurity. The majority of people in Miami will never know this reality. But millions of Americans, millions of us, are just one missed paycheck away from poverty. But together, we can solve it. Help us make it easier for them to access food. Help us to provide dental care for those who are in great need. Help us bring the gospel message to the lost and hurting. Help us care for Miami. Did you know that every 15 seconds, someone walks into an emergency room with dental pain? And one in six children will go to bed hungry tonight. This Christmas, you can give the gift that will keep on giving. You can be a part of creating lasting change in our community by increasing access to life's most basic and critical needs. You can bring food and dental care directly into the communities that need it the most. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus. The question is, will you join us in caring for Miami? My name is Nomar, and I have the high honor of serving as a lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. Merry Christmas. You guys have a Merry Christmas all campus, yeah? And I want to specifically welcome everyone right now at all of our campuses, maybe online from Doral, uh, Coral Gables, um, West Kendall, Redland Homestead, here, Palmetto Bay. If you're a first-time guest, if you decided to join us to worship Christ, the newborn King, thank you so much uh, for doing so. We hope that you feel in love and encouraged, and we know that God brought you for a reason, and we hope that God's going to speak to you today. Man, can we encourage them at all campuses? And today, we are actually wrapping up a series called the Songs of Christmas. You know, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 and 2, we see that there are four different prophetic songs by four different people that really reveal or say something about what Jesus came to do. 
Today, we're going to be looking at the song of an older man named Simeon. And we've called this the song of his salvation. And so if you have your Bibles, wherever you find yourself, let's turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And uh, you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. And church, what was he doing? Oh, you can do better. At all campuses, what, what? What is it? Yeah, he was waiting. Yeah, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the consolation, the comforter of the people of God. In other words, all of his life, he was waiting for the precious gift of God to humanity. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. And folks, let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, Christmas time is a season of really great expectation and great excitement for children. You know, and, and the reason for that is because all year long, right, they have been eagerly waiting. Everyone say waiting. waiting. Yeah, they've been waiting for that gift with such high expectation. You know, I know my little girl Camila, she is eagerly waiting for her Encanto uh, a playhouse set. Yeah, she is looking for that. So all the kids are waiting for, but folks, for Christmas, it's also fun for parents because they're able to witness that magical moment when their children are opening up presents that they have been waiting for with such high and great expectations. Now, folks, follow me here. Because years ago, there was one of these late-night talk, uh, talk show hosts who challenged parents to do something fun but I got to admit, it was kind of mean. And folks, here's what he challenged parents to do. On Christmas Day, instead of giving that child, their child, that present that they're waiting for, that they're eagerly waiting for, instead of giving that present, give them a present that really falls short of their expectations and then capture it on camera. In fact, take a look. What you, it's Charlie. I don't like this. Oh, what is it? An old banana. An old banana? Isn't that exciting? What are you doing? Pushing <laughs> it. Okay. Wow. A battery and an onion. What's wrong? I don't want an onion. Did you smell your onion? Here, smell it. I got ponies. I don't want ponies. I got them for 
Guys, Mine we... is a stupid book. We thought really hard about what to get you, Mr. Well, you didn't do a very good job. It's the worst Christmas I ever had. Hey, come on. Too funny, right? And, and family, listen, do not miss the point, right? Because when those children, when they received that gift that they were waiting for, for such a long time, listen, when those expectations were not met, when they fell short of those expectations, what do we see, right? Feelings of sadness and discouragement. And folks, let me just bring that over to our time together as we open up God's word. Because folks, what a contrast. Yeah, what a contrast to the gift of God to humanity in the long-awaited Messiah. And by that, I mean that, listen, unlike those gifts from those earthly parents, right, who fell short and brought all those bad emotions, listen, and listen, in the exact opposite way, and here's the main idea for today. Listen, when our Heavenly Father gave us the gift of His Son, the long-awaited Messiah, the Christ of the world, listen carefully, his gift to us did not fall short of expectations. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, it exceeded expectations times a million, amen? And folks, listen, it was actually ex what, exactly what our hearts and our souls needed the most. Who knows, maybe you're here right now, one of our campuses, maybe you're watching online. The reality is that you've been a believer for, for quite some time already. Christmas now is just, just in the holiday season, buying gifts, you know, stressing about things, going to the parties. But if you could be honest, you've lost the wonder of Christmas. You've lost the wonder of Christmas. Or maybe, maybe you are somebody who's brand new. You're not a believer in Christ yet. You're just here visiting and partaking, and you're thinking, you know, what's the big deal about Christmas? What's the big deal about the birth of that child 2,000 years ago. How did, it, well, it, well, did that birth exceed what I would ever expect from God? And folks, we're going to find out today from Luke chapter 2 from the Song of Simeon, all right? So if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to at all campuses to Luke chapter 2. And today I have two thoughts for us on how the gift of God always exceeds expectations. Are you all ready, all campuses? Yeah? All right, so write this down as point number one. Here we go. Jesus exceeded our expectations by bringing comfort to our souls. Now listen to what God's word says in Luke chapter 2. It says, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. And folks, what was he doing? You could do better than that. It's Christmas Eve. What was he doing? Yeah, he was waiting for the what? the consolation, the comforting of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now stop right there and slip into the scene for a moment. Because by that time, Jerusalem has, is a city of about a 1,000 years old, a very old city, and every single year, thousands upon thousands of people would come to visit Jerusalem to view the beautiful temple. And no doubt, there were probably tour guides that would usher in all of these different visitors and they would take them around, just like when you go to a famous site, you go to a tour guide, they would show the temple, the history, give all the amazing facts about the temple. 
family, in the middle of all that chaos, in the middle of all that commotion, there was this little old man, his name was Simeon, who would, every day he would walk through the crowds, he would walk all through all the vendors, he would make his way into the temple courts. And folks, as he would go into the temple courts, folks, he would be looking around like he was looking for something. And perhaps those people, those tours would ask the tour guy, Who, who's that older man that's kind of looking around searching for something? They would say, oh, well, that's just old man Simeon. You know, he's a little off, but, but he's a nice guy. But, you know, he's here and, and, and he's looking for the Messiah. Now, mind you, the people of God have been waiting for the Messiah for over 1,500 years already. And so maybe when he would go every single day into the temple, the temple attendants would say, Simeon, sir, what are you doing here again? Why why do you come here? Why don't you just go home? Go rest. Listen, you're old already. You don't need to be here. Folks, here's what they didn't know. That in verse 26, it says that it had been revealed to him, to Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's what? Christ. And, and folks, for so many years, this old man was waiting, waiting for the gift of God, the Messiah of God. Now, you may be wondering, well, Pastor, why was older man waiting so much? Like, what would he make his way every day to see if the Messiah had come. But folks, notice what the passage states. It says that he was waiting for the what? For the consolation of Israel. Folks, circle the word consolation. Because the word, of, the word consolation there in the original Greek text, it's a compound word, uh, it is, and it's a paraclesis, and it's a compound word that pretty much means, it means uh, to call someone to someone's physical side in order to comfort. And so what he was waiting for was the Messiah to come from God who would bring them comfort and consolation. In fact, the Jewish rabbis of the time, when they would speak of the Messiah in the synagogues, they would refer to the Messiah as the Menachem. And the Menachem just means the consoler. You see, ever since the Garden of Eden, The moment that Adam and Eve sinned and they rebelled and sin came into the world to wreak havoc, listen, from that moment on, humanity was separated from God, alone from God, suffering and discouraged because of the consequence of sin, and that's who we were before Christ. And so one day, Simeon came into the temple just like he did daily, and the moment that he was in the temple, again, On an ordinary day, looking and looking and waiting. At that moment, there was a young couple that walked into the temple whose name was Mary and Joseph. And they just had a brand new little baby boy. And they were bringing the little baby boy into the temple according to the custom. And so as Mary and Joseph were carrying that little baby boy, listen, Simeon goes to him, to them, and says, hey, can I hold this child? And folks, the moment that he got that child in his arms and he set his eyes on that beautiful baby boy, folks, the Spirit of God rushed upon Simeon and he burst into a prophetic song. And listen to what he said. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. 
for my eyes, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in what, family? In the presence of all peoples. In other words, God came to us, the Messiah, the gift of God, in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And then I love this. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about this little boy. And folks, here's what's amazing. The expectations of the people of Israel at that juncture in history was that he would come to console them and bring them comfort from the ruling of Rome. And they thought, and they thought well, when the Messiah, the Menachem comes, that he would liberate us from Rome and we will be consoled and we will be restored to our former glory. And folks, if he came to do that, he would simply just meet their little expectations. But when the gift of God comes down, when God, the Messiah of the world came, listen, he exceeded our expectations, amen? Because, folks, he didn't bring them comfort and consolement to a little political situation. Oh, no. He came to bring us humanity, you. He, brought, he came to bring us comfort and consolement to the deepest parts of our soul. Can we get an amen to that? And folks, the truth is, there are some of us here today at all of our campuses who perhaps we're in the midst of a, all the festivities, all the lights, all the parties. But the reality is that it's all facade. Because under that facade, it may look like you're, everything's going well, you have a smile on your face, but under the facade, the honest truth is you are discouraged. You're experiencing sadness. There's something going on in your life that has you discouraged. Maybe for some of us, it's our marriage. It's a holiday season, but the reality is it's like a war zone at home right now. Things started off great in your marriage, but little by little, things have continued to trend downward in your marriage. And you're sitting here. You love your spouse, but you're discouraged about the situation. For some of us, it's just loneliness. Yet another Christmas, another holiday season that I'm by myself, that I haven't met that person. I see everybody so happy with the person in their life, and I'm still alone. So you're sitting here, but the truth is you're discouraged. For some of us, maybe an issue with a child, maybe something going on, maybe a relationship with a child that never really developed. It doesn't matter how hard you try. Deep down in your heart, you know that you don't have that relationship with your child that you wish you had, and they keep growing up, and you never have that connection with them that you wish you had. For some of us, this is just anxiety, fear, maybe an illness, someone struggling in your life, something, there's an illness, there's something going on, maybe it's a financial, maybe you got let go, maybe it's a career change, maybe there's something going on in your life. And you know, for so many of us, it may not be something significant, big happening, but you're starting to see that every single day you wake up, you go to work, you come back home, you deal with things, you go to sleep, and you wake up, and you look at your life, and your life is just passing by. And there's a sense of emptiness and discouragement. And so what happens is that when we are in those moments when we're just discouraged about something, you may be surrounded by people 
You may be surrounded by a thousand people right now. You may be in a party. You may be going somewhere after this. But the truth of the matter is that at the end of the day, you feel alone and you, in your heart of hearts, you feel like God has forgotten you, left you all alone. But child of God, listen, Christmas is that beautiful reminder that it's not about the presents. It's not about all the festivities. It's not about all the fluff surrounding Christmas. Christmas time is a reminder for your discouraged soul that God has not forgotten you. That God, when he saw us discouraged and lonely and full of sorrow, he came to us to bring us comfort to the deepest, darkest caverns in our soul. Do you believe that, church family? And so some of you need to be reminded, listen, you're not alone. God came to us. He came to comfort us. But then you may be thinking, well, Omar, what do you mean comfort us? Because I don't see Jesus around. Where's Jesus? He's not around. So, so how is he comforting me today? Well, listen, before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave us, those who are his, those who are his people, a very special promise, that he would give them the Holy Spirit who interestingly called, he called the comforter. In fact, listen to what the Lord said in John chapter 14. He says, and I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another what? Another comforter. In fact, it is the exact same Greek word that Simeon used to describe the coming of Jesus. It's the same word Jesus uses to describe the Spirit of God that's in you. And so listen to what he says next. He says, this comforter will be given to you to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you forever. Meaning, listen, that if you're a believer in Christ, if you are a child of God, if you are a believer in Christ, you possess something that the world can never know, does not know, has never experienced before. You have the presence of God with you. You know, this morning, it's funny, I was reading, going through the book of Exodus in my quiet time. And there was a moment where, 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 where Moses was afraid that the presence of God would leave the people of God. And listen to what Moses said. He said this. He said, is it not your going with us? In other words, your presence so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth. Child of God, let that sink in. You have something that's distinct compared to the entire world, something so unique. You have the presence of the living God with you at all times. Listen, to lead you when you're confused, to counsel you when you need wisdom, listen, to rejoice with you when you are rejoicing, Listen, to convict you when you start straying down the wrong path. And those moments like right now that you may be experiencing, that you are discouraged and you're downcasted, listen, downcasted, listen, he is the one who gives us the comfort to the deepest part of your soul. That is what Christmas is all about. He came to us. Can we praise God today for that? And folks, if Jesus only came, listen, not only came to bring us comfort to our soul, was something else. In fact, write this down as big number two. Jesus exceeded our expectations by saving our souls. 
Now, folks, let's go back to Simeon's song. Listen to what he said. He says, for my eyes have seen your what? Your what? Your salvation. When he looked down on this little child, he realized that this was the salvation of himself. Now, the question I want to pose for you this Christmas is this. Is it, what is it that we're saved from? We talk about salvation a lot at church. What is it that you're saved from? Some people may say, well, I'm saved from a specific circumstance. God saved me uh, from my uh, anxiety. God saved me from my fears. God saved me in this situation. Listen, all those things may be true, but that is not what Jesus came to save you from. Jesus came to save us from our sin. In fact, listen to what the angel told Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. He says this. He says, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will what? How oh, You can do better than that. He will what? He will save his people from their what? From their sins. You see, folks, what we needed the most, what humanity, what you need the most tonight, today, listen carefully, it's not to be, it's not for a problem to be fixed. It's not for a situation to be solved. What you and I needed the most, our most pressing issue, is that we needed to be saved from our sins. Amen, church? Because what sin, what we deserve for our sin, is something greater than we can ever imagine. It's eternal condemnation away from the presence of God. And you know what? Perhaps some of you are here right now. You've been a believer for a long time. It's Christmas time, but you have, if you could be honest, you have lost the joy of your salvation. And the reason that you have lost the joy of your salvation is because you are focusing so much on a specific issue in your life, a specific situation, something that's going on that has stolen the joy of your salvation. But folks, listen, here's the reality. The reason we celebrate Christmas is because the most important thing in our lives, Christ has already come to do, and that is to rescue us from our sin. And folks, sometimes we got to remind ourselves on Christmas, like the psalmist says, to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and who crowns your life with steadfast love. Listen, if you are here on this Christmas and you have lost the joy of salvation, listen, remind yourself that the greatest thing, your greatest need was met when God gave his son to die on a cross to save us from our sin. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. At the end of the day, the most important thing is that you are reconciled to God and that you are his child and that he has now you for whatever. Can we praise God today for that? Listen, regain the joy of your salvation. Remind yourself what you've been saved from. You know, some of us perhaps have lost the joy of our salvation, not because we forgot what we've been saved from, but quite the opposite. It's because the reality is that today you're sitting here right now, you're watching online, and you're overwhelmed with guilt and with shame. 
something you did in your past, something that maybe a season that you went through that every time you think about that moment, every time you think about you did to that person, every time you did what you did to your family, every time you did, you remember that mistake. Listen, it overwhelms you with, sin, with shame and sin. And so what some of us are dealing today is that we have a facade. But what we have a facade is of our shame, over what we've done, over the guilt that we're carrying from the past. Listen, that's where you are. If you've lost the joy of salvation because of guilt and shame, let me remind you this Christmas that that little boy that was born 2,000 years ago, that Simeon held in his arm, and he looked at him and he said, this is the salvation of the world. He would one day grow up, and he would live a sinless life, and he would go to a cross, and on that cross, listen, he would suffer the punishment for the sins and the shame that you are carrying today. And so you need to be reminded today that if you're struggling with guilt and shame, Christmas is the moment. Christmas is the time that you remind yourself that you've been forgiven and set free from that shame. Can you praise God for that today? You see, don't miss this. That little child came on a rescue mission to those imprisoned by sin. You know, there's an old story of a Navy SEAL who was sent on a mission to rescue people who were imprisoned in a foreign nation. And so after a long track, that Navy SEAL went and he actually was able to infiltrate and, and, and enter into the gate into the actual compound where these prisoners were. And folks, it was a dark, humid, cold place. And he's, when he walked in, he saw that they were in a corner and they were shivering and they were just scared. And so when the Navy SEAL came in, he said, hey, listen, I'm here to save you. Follow me. Salvation has come. Come follow me. But to his surprise, the prisoners just stayed there cowering in fear. They couldn't snap out of it. And so he knew time was running out. He knew something has to be done. I, I, I got to lead him out of here. So here's what he did. He began to take all of his gear, all of his armor, all of his stuff. He started taking up everything, up, everything off. He got down to just his most basic clothing. Here's what he did. He got down the floor and he began to get all the dirt. He began to put all the water, all of the humidity, all of that dirt on him. He started getting all of it. And folks, this is what he did. He went and he got near the prisoners. He just started shaking with them. He started feeling, experiencing what they were feeling. He started shaking with them. And in due time, the more that he was there, the more that he was just shivering and, and hurting and fearing with them. Listen, the moment they did that, they began to realize that this person was not here to harm them. That this person was actually with them, wanting the best for them, wanting to lead them out of there. And so folks, after a while, they kind of shook it, you know, they, they snapped out of it. They realized who he really was. And at that moment, he said, we got to go. And then they, came, they stood up and he led them out of that, from that prison into freedom. And folks, what a picture of what Christ came to do on Christmas. Listen, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, took of all of His glory in heaven, came down to this earth. He came to us who were imprisoned in our sin and our shame, and He began to suffer and experience everything 
that we experience. So that those of us who put their trust, He would say, come. They would recognize that He's for us. Let's go. And He would lead them out into the freedom from their sin and shame. Can we praise God today for that? Listen, you want to know what Christmas is all about? That's what Christmas is all about. That little baby boy was born 2,000 years ago on a rescue mission to save you and me from sin. That is what we celebrate on Christmas. And who knows, maybe you're here right now. The reality is that you're visiting. Maybe you started coming to our church just recently, just checking things out. But the truth of the matter is that you know you don't, you don't have a relationship with God. You're thinking, oh, well, how, how can I, I need to get right with God. I, I don't want to do life alone anymore. I need God in my life. How do I do that? Well, arguably the, the most famous passage in Scripture, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that God gave His one and only Son so that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, the way you can get right with God today is start a relationship with God. It's not about church attendance. It's not about doing some sort of ritual or tradition, nothing like that. It's very simple. There has to be a moment where you put your trust and your faith in the Lord. And the moment He does that, here's what the Bible says, He forgives you of all of your sin. He knows them, by the way. He knows everything you've done. He forgives you. He then brings you close, makes you His own. From that moment on, you start a personal relationship with the Lord that will never end. But you see, there has to be a moment in your life and in my life where we decide whether or not we're going to put our trust in the Lord, surrender our lives. The question is, on this Christmas weekend, will you put your trust in Christ today? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we uh, come before you, O Lord. And for those of us who already know you, we thank you, Lord, because what a reminder. Father, for those of us who've lost the joy of our salvation, restore it, O Lord. Let us go out on this weekend, Lord, rejoicing, not about gifts, not about parts, but the fact that you came to save us from our sin. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, for those of us at all campuses that you feel, you know what, I'm ready to, to start my relationship with God. In a few moments, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. But before I do that, I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to ask you to do at all campuses. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask for your name. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. But if you feel, you know what, Omar, pray for me. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to start a relationship with God. I, I want the Lord in my life. So when no one looking around at all campuses, if that's you, if you says, you know, Omar, I'm ready. With no one looking around with all eyes closed at all campuses, if that's you, just slip up your hand and say, you know, Omar, I'm ready. Just slip up your hand and say, Omar, pray for me. Anybody says, Omar, pray for me. I'm ready to take that step of faith. I see you, sir. Anybody else? Any, I, see you, sir. I see you as well. At all campuses, anybody else? I see you, sir. Anybody else? I see you, ma'am. I see you as well. Anybody else? Anybody else says, Omar, I'm ready. Glory to God. You can put your hand down. Listen, if that's you, then pray this with me. You don't pray this to me. You pray this to the Lord who loves you and who gave his son for you. 
Pray this with me. Father, today I come before you. And I realize that I need you, O Lord. So I confess all of my sin. I ask you for forgiveness of sin. Give me everlasting life, O Lord. Today I put my trust no longer in me or in this world, but in what your son did for me at the cross. Thank you, Father, for giving me everlasting life. And Lord, from now on, Lord, help me to live a life that honors you and brings you glory. Thank you, my Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people say, amen, amen.